With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Robson Civil Projects. Robson means subdivisions, retirement villages, road, rail and bridges. That's local infrastructure for 60 years. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. We're back live at uh, Shelley Beach Golf Course. Saturdays on the coast, all thanks to our great sponsors, Robson Civil Projects, a third-generation company here on the Central Coast, a legendary business. Want to do a shout-out this morning for a couple of other businesses, BJ Howes Meadowland. Their spring catalogue is out now. We absolutely love BJ Howes. We'll talk more about them as the show unfolds. And, of course, beautiful outdoor elegance. Uh, it's you one know, of your favourites, isn't it, Steve? Well, there's nothing better than kicking back on the Royale Lounge. <laughs> Uh, overlooking Shelley Beach or overlooking the backyard pool, overlooking the barbecue, you name it. We love outdoor elegance as well. Hey, let's get cracking. Jess Grimwood is back this morning, uh, former Australian surfing representative, nowadays podcaster and also commentator. Jess, good morning. I tell you, it's lovely to see you. Good morning. I missed you guys last week. On your resume, do you put like third wheel on Saturdays (laughs) on the coast? I do now. On my LinkedIn, third wheel is one of the top points of my resume. Hey, uh, (laughs) hey guys, I've I've got someone special to introduce my esteemed colleague uh, alongside me. Live via satellite. Let's see if we can do this. Uh, I'm just checking whether we've got the satellite link we have. Uh, we've got the U.S. president with a welcome for this guy alongside me. Let's, let's go live. I want to thank uh, that fellow down under. Thank you very much, pal. Hey, uh, there might be a problem with the link. Uh, let's can, see. Can you not have to tell Joe Biden you know him? Is forgetting people's names? Surely he knows who you are. Hey, surely. You, you played almost 300 yeah. national rugby league games. I'm sure you, he was referring you, to me, Joe you Biden. Pl- you played for New South Wales and Australia. Let's go back to the satellite. Let's see if the US president can get it right this time. I want to thank uh, that fellow down under. Thank you very much, pal. Well, there we go. Uh, nice. Ah, that fella down under. Poor Joe. And poor Scotty Morrison, to be honest with you. My goodness. How are you feeling? You got, you, he's only got two people to remember. Boris and Scott. <laughs> <laughs> you remembered Boris, but forgot ScoMo. Yeah. Now, look, I'm not sure whether we can do this. Uh, like, I might throw it back to headquarters, but we've usually got a theme song for everyone who comes on the show. Mm. Now, you're Mickey. You're so fine. You're so fine, you blow my mind. Tony Basil. Uh, just trying to check whether we got this for uh, Jess Grimwood, who's joined us again this morning. Uh, let's see if we can roll this in. That's, uh, well, I hope you like it. Oh, you made my day, guys. What have you done? <laughs> have you been bored this week? Uh, she's our girl. 
You're very, very creative this week, Steve. I'm very and, oh dear, oh dear. And you know what I want to do? We're about to go to our first guest, Tony Clark, joining us in a few moments' time. Also coming up after 10, Pat Farmer. Mm. He's 1,000 miles to light. I've seen the trailer. It's going to be on KO early next week. So it looks sensational. Lightning Luke King will join us. He'll talk some Formula One. Daniel Ricciardo, what a win. And around about half an hour from now... Riley Fitzsimmons joining us mm. to talk some kayaking and surf life saving. Fantastic. He's a, a two time Olympian. But before we go to Tony Clark, let's cue this up. The Manly Seagulls are through to a prelim. Let's roll it in, Adam Staples from back at headquarters. Let's do the Eagle Rock on this Saturday. Yeah, baby. Wow, we've turned into a music show all of a sudden. Seagulls through to a prelim. Oh, yeah. What a team, and the Turbo was back last night yeah, in he was scintillating back. form. Here's Ross Wilson. Now listen, oh, we're stepping out. I'm going to turn around. Turn you around. I'm going to turn around once and we'll do the Eagle Rock. All right, that's enough. i got to tell you, I love that song. I played for the Northern Eagles, I had the one year with them, and it was the only part I liked about playing for them. <laughs> was running out to that song. Yeah. It was bloody awesome. <laughs> you, you know, I love September when the Sea Eagles are on their way down the tunnel and the Eagle Rock is blaring. Uh, Let, let's go live to Tony Clark. Uh, this time last week we said that the Turbo was like a, a 1980s Cortina, but he was back to his best last night and he had a lot of mates around him who had fantastic games. Morning, TC. Great to talk to you. Good morning, everyone. What an introduction, eh? World Affairs, Top <laughs> wow. 40. You guys have just got it all. Unbelievable. And work the sea eagles unbelievable. My best memories of coaching at Manly, Sunday afternoon, Brookie Oval, had a big victory, and, and you'd uh, wander down with Des and Eagle Rock would be playing. It was, uh, the kids would be on the oval. Yeah, just a, a, a great memory. And the late, great, great. Grant Goldman yep. on the microphone. The beaver. He would <laughs> say it loud and proud. Yeah. Clarkie, the performance last night, outstanding. Uh, they turned it all around, which wasn't um, overly um, surprising. But the Roosters, they just appeared to be a side who unfortunately were out of gas. They have had uh, one hell of a year in terms of suspensions, injuries. But... Yeah, it just appeared that they were running on empty, well and truly. I think they'll be on empty, to be honest. Yeah, they did, Michael. They got the round 14 and 15, didn't they? And uh, they just didn't have a punch in them, you know. And uh, and full credit to Manly, I think. Probably probably the thing I take out of it, Michael, is um, just how good Melbourne are. I mean, because they, yes. uh, you know, they just did a job on, on the Seagulls last uh, last week, as we know. And, uh, uh, and, and yeah, I, I, you know, I, I believe they're sort of heads and shoulders above uh, anyone at the moment. It'd be really interesting this afternoon or tonight tonight's game. Yeah, I think when you look at, and again, you touched on how good Melbourne were, and we spoke about it last week, how professional their ability to execute and the way they did it. I looked at last night's game, and I think you know Trent Robinson would obviously have had a similar game plan. The players weren't, again, I just, they were absolutely exhausted. They were gone. They didn't have the ability to execute the game plan anywhere near Melbourne. I'm sorry, Manly obviously were played a lot better than uh, what they did the week before. And I think that experience against Melbourne certainly put them in good stead, especially their uh, their back rowers um, who struggled last week. I think Morgan Harper benefited from 
uh, his first semi-final game last week. And, of course, Turbo had more room. DCE stood up. Their big guns just fired last night, and that was the real positive for them. Uh, Steve, I think I said on our preview that Manly would win by 10-plus, but Turbo would score two tries. How'd I go? Yeah, absolutely spot on. Mm. Uh, you know, for me, uh, you know, I felt a little sad last night. You know that I've I've had a long-running feud with the Roosters because they signed some of Canterbury-Bankstown's greats. Yep. You know, they got the Ogre, they got Big Willie, and they got Sonny Bill. But uh, last night we saw one of the greats play his last game of National Rugby League. He got a standing O from both teams. I would have liked to have... In fact, I sent him a message last night. I would have chaired him off the field. Uh, Josh Morris playing his final game. Over 300 in total. He's top 10 on the try scoring Mm. list. And TC... You would have loved seeing the Morris twins in particular and uh, you would have seen Slippery Steve in his heyday. But, you know, they are ornaments to the game. Would you agree? Oh, you've taken a word out of my mouth, Steve. You know, and, and a lot of... Well, other than the the, uh, the score, of course, or, or, the, or the game result. But, you know, just how good was it to see the, uh, you know, both teams clap him off, um, you know, just, just thoroughly deserved. And as we said, you, you, you've hit the nail on the head. They, they were both, um, you know, ornaments to the game. I think, Michael, the thing... With the Eagle last night was because of the Roosters, uh, you know, tiredness and and as we said, you know, it was every weight bout. They got around 14. They didn't have anything left. But mm-hmm. Cherry, Kieran, Tommy, they just had so much more time, and yes. the composure remained. Like I just thought, Ches was was you know a hundred times the player he was last week. But again, I'm thinking you know there, there wasn't the line speed, there wasn't the intensity in D. Uh, and and yeah, it'll be it'll be very very. I, I I think it's lining up to be a cracker of a game. See, I see Manly now. You know, it should be it should be the game of the year. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, you know what? I think there is so many positives. I think they're both evenly poised. I don't think the, there's a lot of difference between the two of them, especially when they're at their best. And I hope they do bring out their best next weekend because it's going to be something special that game to make the grand final. I said it last week that I well sorry I said it on Sunday. Uh, about the fact that, uh, to friends of mine, that the team that benefited most from the shock loss last week of Penrith losing to South Sydney was going to be the Manly Seagulls. And I honestly believe that. I think I don't think that Manly were in a position to either beat Melbourne or Penrith um, leading into the grand final. I think they would go into next weekend's game against the Rabbitohs, honestly believing that they're a big chance of beating uh, that South Sydney side. Uh, and confidence is a big thing at this time of the year. Uh, and I think that that is probably, you know, they've probably had the better run going in, uh, considering where they were and the loss that they had last weekend. Your thoughts on that, Clarkie? Oh, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. When we spoke during the week when I bumped into you, that, that exactly right. I think it's really opened the door for them because um, coming the, the confidence that they'll have coming into the Rabbits, you know, compared, to, as you said, to whether uh, Melbourne or Penrith would be tenfold, you know, and I know that Desi would have woken up this morning, you know, really excited about getting, getting, um, you know, in, in setting a, a plan for the rabbits next week. So, yeah, no, I, I would not surprise me in the least if uh, if uh, the Sea Eagles are first through to the to the big dance. We're talking to uh, Tony Clark. Uh, he's won numerous premierships locally and worked with uh, numerous NRL clubs as well throughout his illustrious career. Hey, uh, have we entered some kind of bizarro world? I'm not sure about you guys, but uh, I watched, I stayed up, watched the post-match press conferences last night. We'll get to Trent Robinson a little later in the show, but first, Desi was unbelievable. Let's roll in some of this audio from last night. 
There's a great response after last week. What did you like most about your side's performance? Um, oh, we, well, we definitely addressed them. And we fixed up uh, a few of the areas that uh, that we said we would. But um, you know, you got to give a huge. Uh, um, you know, a wrap all sides. Just been impressed with the way the Roosters have just sort of showed up for each other the whole time. So I thought they were very brave tonight. Um, and we knew we'd have to play uh, uh, how we performed tonight uh, to beat them. So uh, they can be proud of what they've done. Tommy Can't hear you, mate. Tommy Cherry Evans really stuck it, really stuck out tonight. What'd you make of their performance? Oh, it's simple things tonight. I think we just held on to the ball. Um, and we completed well. We, uh, you know, we we built pressure. Um, um, you know, we played with a good physicality. You know, we're going to need that against uh, the south side next week. So, um, so there's some good uh, some good parts here that we can uh, take forward. A bit of confidence. Yeah, Desi Hasler last night. I reckon the press conference went for about 90 seconds, maybe two minutes tops. He looked uncomfortable in his own skin. And TC, uh, he seemed desperate not to give South any ammunition whatsoever. Didn't talk his own team up. What were your thoughts? Oh, exactly. What about when he said, when he said oh, sorry, I couldn't hear you. What about this? Get the marbles out of your mouth. <laughs> Mate, his hair's too long and they're covering his ears. It's like giggles. Oh, unbelievable. Did you see? I think the funniest one was when Emma Lawrence interviewed him before the game. And I think that took 45 seconds, too. But, uh, no, Des is, Des is Des, the nutty, the nutty professor. And, uh, and, and, and full credit to him. I mean, the coaching that we've seen this year, you know, from Craig Bellamy, from Trent Robinson, from Des Hasler, and, and of course, Wayne, you know, it, it's just been quite incredible because they've turned... The thing I love about Michael is they've turned basically reserve graders into, into NRL players, you know, and, and, yep. and, and, that, and that's good coaching, you know, and, and Des has done the same. I mean, they were unheralded at the start of the year, lost their first yeah. four, he never wavered in his belief, and, 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 and that, that, that's great coaching. I, I agree with you 100%. I think, you know, that's a sign of a quality coach is that they can improve and take ordinary players and turn them into extraordinary players. And we've seen that with uh, various coaches this year who have had that ability to do that. I saw a stat during the week uh, in reference to the minor premiership, and I think there has only been five coaches over the last 12 years that have won minor premierships, and that being Craig Bellamy, Trent Robinson, Wayne Bennett, Des Hasler, and uh, Ivan Cleary. Uh, And, you know, the reference I was making to that was... It's no coincidence that the team that uh, finishes up on top at the end of the uh, regular season has to be coached by a good side. The team that can consistently perform week in and week out. And it's proven that, you know, it's not just a flash in the pan. These guys are genuine and they know what they're doing. They've been there before. Hey, guys, can we hold here? We're off our first break of the morning. We're talking to Tony Clark, a premiership winning coach locally. Uh, The other thing that I loved about Trent Robinson last night, just before we go to the break, so he spoke about Josh Morris. We'll roll in some of that before the end of this interview. But he also spoke about Craig Fitzgibbon. So Mm. it's the final... It was the last hurrah last night in Mackay for Craig Fitzgibbon. And... Trent Robinson said a couple of things. He spoke about the NRL at length. He said, I've been highly critical in 2021 of the NRL, but he said what they've done for our families has been remarkable. And he he thanked Peter Volandes and Andrew Abdo for what they've done for all of the families that have had to relocate mm. to Queensland. Uh, but he also said, 
about Craig Fitzgibbon. He said, has there been a better rooster? So player, grand final winner, Clive Churchill medalist, now coach at every level of that club, and now moving on to Cronulla. So really classy post-match press conference from Trent Robinson. We'll play some of that for you soon. It's Saturdays on the Coast on SEF. Robson Civil Projects. Robson means subdivisions, retirement villages, road, rail and bridges. That's local infrastructure for 60 years. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, and it doesn't get much better. We're overlooking the 18th here at beautiful Shelley Beach Golf Course. A young lady about to play an approach shot here. I reckon she's about maybe 80 metres out. There's the backswing. That looked good to me. Mm. Let's see if it lands on the dance floor. And she's missed the dance floor, Michael. No, I don't think she's hit the the ball yet, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. (laughs) That was a warm-up swing. That was a practice swing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, a, or a mulligan, one of the two. It looks like she just adjusted the ball. Yeah. No, and I don't no, I don't think she did. I think she moved a leaf. And <laughs> and now here we go. So that stance looks beautiful to me. Everything looks perfect about this shot. And here goes the it's back. It's a good swing. swing, oh that's nice out yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, here we go, we're on the dance floor. Get up. Get up. Oh, just, just short. Slightly short, but everything about the process looked good yeah, to me. Yeah, I think. Well, uh, who's the famous golfer from Shelley Beach Golf Course? Jordan Garner. F- female. Pamela Stevenson. Uh, That's the one. From a distance, I'm just checking it out going, is that Pamela Stevenson? Uh, Seven tries to one last night. The Manly Sea Eagles threw to a prelim, which is incredible considering they lost their first four. They were down with the cellar dwellers, the Bulldogs. Uh, Tom Trebojevic scored the opener for Manly. Kieran Foran, great to see Kez, and I know Tony Clark's had a lot to do with him. Kieran Foran scoring in the 11th minute. That was beautifully constructed. Beautiful. So, Glenn Stewart, Tommy emerges late. So, Tommy's behind Glenn Stewart. Sorry? Or Jake Trebojevic? Oh, sorry, Jake. (laughs) Who did I say? Glenn Stewart. That's who you said. (laughs) You know what? I've had that on my mind since last night. Yeah, I'm sure you have. Sharon said to me, she said, Brett Stewart, what was his brother's name again? Glenn Stewart, yeah. <laughs> and, and, well, you, you know, know what? what? They play similar. Similar style, and it was beautifully played. And you could just see the combination, Clarky, in terms of, you know, the way they set that try up. And, yeah, it was yeah. just beautiful. Yeah, it certainly was, Michael. We're, we're, and we've alluded uh, to that over the, the last couple of weeks. The great uh, manly right edge, wasn't it? You know, with uh, Glenn, uh, Jamie Lyon, you know, uh, yep. and Ches was out the back, you know, with Brett Stewart. And Stevie Maddow. Yeah, and... and, and Stevie Maddow, exactly, Servo, and uh, and of course, yeah, it was a well-constructed try, and to see the old fella get over, I texted him last night, he hasn't got back to me yet, he'd probably, uh, he'd probably be waking up with sore bones, but uh, yeah, they'll, uh, they'll be a very well-constructed try. T- TC, they, last night to me, from the outside, they looked like just a really well-gelled team, the Sea Eagles. What does it look like going into the prep for next week's game for them? For, you know, what are they doing this week? What's the plan for the next yeah. couple of days on your I, I don't think I don't think they've changed too much, uh, Jeff. Uh, you know, again, um, I think the opposition had plenty to do with it, but full credit to them in, 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 in how they played. But I, I think they'll be wanting to play an expansive game again. They'll, they'll want to be going with a rabbit set. You know, they'll 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 be they'll be at them. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, set for set, set for set, and using using um, using the footy as they as they have. It's going to be an interesting week leading up. Um, obviously, the big game tonight, the uh, Western Derby, Parramatta versus Penrith. Um, how do you see that game playing out? Uh, no Brian To'o for the Panthers, which I think is a big loss. Um, but you know what? They've proven in the past that they've got people who can cover. And Brett Naden, he's been around long enough. 
Um, and you know what? I don't think whilst they lose that enthusiasm, they lose the metres from Toto, I think uh, Naden's still got that experience to be able to cover that position and cover it well. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm thinking, I, I think it's a big loss. It's funny to say about a winger, Michael, but I think it is because he does set, mm. set their, their, their sets up, you know, from coming out of trouble. I'm thinking I'm thinking what I want to see with Penrith tonight is because there was a real lack of composure last week. Mm. When when the rabbits are in their face, they, 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 they didn't, to me, look like they had a plan B, which I've lived that in a, in a couple of grand finals. I know it's a different level, but, but the thing is, how is Ivan going to react to that this week? Because if, Paramount, if I'm Brad Arthur... I'm just saying again, let's get in the grind with them. Let's get, let's not be fancy. Let's complete at 95%. Get them kicking in the corner. Let's build some pressure, absorb some pressure, and just see how the Panthers react. Because it was a concern to me last week that, uh, you know, there were some uncharacteristic errors from them. And as I said, I, I thought their composure and their temperament was, was way off to where it was going to be. And as I said, you two in a week, they're a completely different level. But do you think of, of, you know, a couple of teams I've had that have cruised into the GF and we've done things and then you get a team like the Entrance Tigers, coached by the great Shane Wooden, who got in our face, did things and, and, and panicked and all of a sudden the game gets away from you. So it is going to be really interesting tonight to see how they react to a bit of pressure. That's if Parramatta can do it too. Hey, uh, I just saw there's usually a handshake when you finish. I saw a little bit of romance just then from a couple of golfers that came off the 18th. There was, uh, you know, some love in the house here at Shelley Beach. Hey, can I just clarify something? Yes, why you were laughing? Steve-O's in danger of being red-carded. Yeah, uh, what's I, happened? I was working on a project at home till about 1.30am. So, so far, I've uh, made a couple of blunders. I said Glenn Stewart. <laughs> instead, instead of Jake Trebojevich. Yes. And I just said Pamela Stevenson. Uh, Pamela Stevenson oh. was she was married to Billy Connolly, gotcha. the okay. comedian. I meant to Jay. say I meant to say Jan, Jan. Stevenson, there it is. Uh, former legendary golfer. Right. Hey, hey, Butes, can you just lay this out for us before we go back to TC? Yeah. What was it like to play in the Western Derby against Penrith, and the fact that these two teams meet each other? In a massive semi-final match, uh, what are both what are both clubs feeling at the moment? Oh, look, I've got no doubt. Look, there's that Western Derby thing that you know it's almost set aside now because it's irrelevant because you're in a semi-final. Like you know, during the regular season, it becomes a greater priority. But you know, you can put that Western Derby aside because this is finals time and it's elimination. So your season's on the line. Um, it doesn't matter who you're up against. This is going to be really significant. And so for me, you know, the Earls have got, um, yeah, look, I think they're going okay in terms of their form. I don't think they're great. Panthers, were, like Clarkie said, were disappointing last week. But I, I think they've got a couple more gears to go, Penrith. And that's probably the concerning thing for Parramatta. How uh, Brad Arthur addresses that uh, and the game plan that he uses, I think Clarkie's on the money. You've just got to complete. Complete and compete. That's as simple as that, and that's all it needs to be. And TC, like Manly last night, Parramatta really need their two real big guns to fire. So Moses needs to have another blinder like he did last week. Yep. And Gutho at the back needs to be a bit like Tommy Trebojevic and just be probing and ready to attack at any moment. Oh, I definitely so. They're, they're, they're the two keys to, um, to the Parramatta mm. performance. And, and, you know, that'll go a long way to, to, to seeing whether they can... Um, uh, you know, win win the game of the footy. But I, I, I'm, you know, I mean, the 
the Penrith Panthers are deservedly favourites. And uh, but you know, again, um, I'm thinking that it's going to be a lot closer than people think. It's interesting, you know, when you talk about you know Gutho and, and Moses, right? And I think at at their very best, they're, they're very very good players. I don't think they've got the ability to change or have an impact on the game like a turbo and oh, DCE. Come on, Buse. No, no, I, I, I think honestly, this is your old club. No, I know that, but what I'm what, saying what is... If, what oh, if this gets back? I don't put them in the same echelon. Like, I just don't see them as being those game breakers that are just unbelievable. Like, I just don't see the impact that they have as big as what yeah. a turbo and DCE can have and have had on games throughout this whole year. Like, they've done it consistently oh. this year. Yeah, I got excited with Moses last week, Michael, when he, when yes. he scored that, uh, I think, 40-metre try. I thought, wow, good on you, kid. You know, you, 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 you've had a crack. They were, you know, again, uh, you know, going set to set with them. And um, I, I thought that I thought that blew the, 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 the game apart for them. And, uh, yeah, if, if he can if he can take some... I saw him interviewed during the week, actually, and, uh, and he just seemed to have an air of confidence about him. And, and, I, and I'm really hoping that he can... Um, you know, take that next level. But I'm not, I, I'm, I have to. I, I'm like you, mate. Yeah, I have I'm to like agree you. with what you've said too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm like you, mate. I, I hope he does, but I haven't seen it consistently from him over mate, the again, whole time he's be, been in his career. Yeah. Again, it's going to be how the, the middle third handle things. If they can go, yep. if, they, if they can handle, hey. you know, the, the forwards handle the forwards, um, it's going to give uh, Moses some extra time, which again gives Gut some extra time. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah there's a, it's very, very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, TC, we could talk to you all morning, mate, mm. because, you know, TC has come back during finals time and he's he is, he is in September form. But like, this is why he's he the benchmark. September. That's why he's the benchmark. That's why we go to him because and, there's no point going anywhere else. And can, I, can I ask you a question? <laughs> is it contract time at SEN? Because, man, I've never seen you like this in the 15 years that we've worked together. And... and to, Today, is, is this your laptop? It's an iPad of some sort, yes. Apparently, they said if you bring it along, you can actually look like look up notes and stuff. This is unbelievable, TC. Yeah. You, I, I haven't turned it on yet. It's you know, just there for show. You know what he's like. He'd usually arrive one minute before the show with the telegraph and uh, hope that gets him through. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I did watch the four-minute highlights this morning, so I've got plenty of research behind me. Hey, TC, have a great yeah. weekend. I've got to say, I'm rocking the Danica Clark Foundation Yeah, hat. I saw the hat. I love it. Because my hair looks yeah. so woeful. <laughs> uh, good to talk to you, mate. Have a great weekend. Good on you, boys. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Tony Clark joining us, our first guest of the morning. We'll uh, go to the news here. We'll come back with a two-time Olympian and local legend, mm. Riley Fitzsimmons, right after this on Saturdays on the Coast. Robson Civil Projects. Robson means subdivisions, retirement villages, road, rail and bridges. That's local infrastructure for 60 years. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, Riley Fitzsimmons coming up soon. Uh, Also in our second hour, really looking forward to talking to Pat Farmer again. Uh, after his ultra marathon where he took on the USA, 1,000 miles to light. So it's going to screen on KO. Yesterday I watched the trailer, Jess, and it just looks amazing. Uh, you know, all the drone footage and slow-mo footage and, and just so many legendary athletes were a part of that. In fact, uh, you know, he deserves so much credit just for pulling it off and raising money for Reach Out Australia.
Yeah, I kind of like that they did that in the army barracks as well. They're up at Singleton, weren't they? Yeah, correct. I, yeah, it's kind of like that little bit of a nod to the SAS, you know, thing that's going on on Channel 7 or whatever at the moment. It's like a, it gives a bit more intensity maybe behind that well, race. I tell you, I, I love SAS at the moment. <laughs> have, you, have you been watching uh, this? You what, should go on SAS. What about, what about memory loss? <laughs> <laughs> Bra boy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Kobe, Kobe Abaddon? Oh, yeah. yeah. 30 equals 15. What? <laughs> yeah, he's an interesting character in surfing. He always brings a lot of colour to whatever he does. Yes, he I got, does. I, I got a feeling he actually thought he punched out the 30. I like, don't know how. I don't know how you go from 1, 2, 3, 30. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I, I tell you, the, the, other, the other aspect of that that I love is there's, a, there's an actor on there who I'd never heard of. But now he's talking about himself in third person. Oh. So let, let me give you an example. He'll go, uh, well, if Dan Ewing was doing that, Dan Ewing's an actor and uh, Dan Ewing's got to go into character. Yeah. And what about where he tries to make friends with the instructors and I can't repeat what they say to him. But they just tell him to, I mean, I, it's not meant to be a comedy show, but it is hilarious. Oh, you know what's funny? I'll tell you what was funny was the politician, the female politician who had the sore leg. And she's... No chance of getting through that bloody obstacle course. But she's gone, I've made a commitment to my team here that if I couldn't do it because of my injury, that I would withdraw. And I'm going to keep my word on that. You were no chance of getting through. How good was she with her language? It's just yeah, yeah I, the politician. politician. And you know what happened, though? As soon as she handed in her number, she ran off. The leg was sweet. Yeah. <laughs> she was okay. Uh, I tell you, the other thing about her was when she, uh, that, that wormhole. We found that we found that really difficult to watch at home because you're getting stuck in a tunnel mm. like claustrophobic is a, is a real concern. So we were finding that hard to watch. Sam Burgess took about 45 minutes. <laughs> unbelievable. How, 20... how do you fit a square peg through a round <laughs> hole? Oh, mate, he was a big man and he was squeezing his way through. But they did say to the politician, they've gone, gee, if we had tunnels around here, you're fast. <laughs> She's faster doing that. <laughs> hey, uh, we're, we're just hearing from headquarters from uh, Adam Staples that we've got Riley Fitzsimmons, two-time Olympian. Uh. He's on the line yes riley standing ovation hey uh riley good morning, morning mate. welcome to the show and uh, are you on the job side at the moment with a little champion known as lachlan team unfortunately not at the moment he's um he sent me home sent me home earlier just a just a couple hours this morning so not too bad are, are you devastated after last night? Uh, you're a massive Sydney Roosters fan, and you've been on the band. I've seen you at the grand final and prelim over the years. Uh, your sister worked for the club. Does, is she still there? No, nah, she's she's not anymore. But yeah, it was um, it was a really you know dev devastating way to uh, end our season there. I think, um, but you know, like the boys have showed um, their their ability to adapt and change this year to. To all the adversity that's happened with um, you know injuries in the season, it's a real um, I guess a, a testament to their their culture they've got at the club and the high standard they set at training every single day. Yeah, I love what you said. Adapt and change, and it, it, it sounds like your stellar career. Uh, congratulations on behalf of all of us yes. for for what you achieved as a two-time Olympian. Uh, you told me during the week that uh, it felt surreal to even be in Tokyo. Yeah, I think um, I think every athlete sort of experienced it during the course of the last sort of 18 months, whether whether the Olympics would go ahead or not. Um, such uncertain times with COVID around, so yeah, it was quite surreal to even even just go to Tokyo and compete. Mate, how did you find the experience itself? The year second Olympics, obviously with 
Um, how things were so different due to COVID? Um, how did it compare to the Rio Olympics uh, in terms of, A, the whole experience itself, but also your performances and what you learned from that? Yeah, I think, um, like, I, I learned a lot from my first Olympics, um, going over there really fresh as a as, as a 19-year-old in 2016. I probably wasn't as prepared for the emotional highs and, and lows of the, the whole event. So I think um, I, was, I was probably better prepared emotionally going over to Tokyo, um, and I was ready for that. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get the results we wanted over there. We, we had hopes of coming away with some medals there, but... You know, our best result was sixth place. Um, but, yeah, as I said, I, I think it was a, re a real testament to just even make it to the Tokyo Olympics over there this year. And, um, you know, it's only a short turnaround now, three years till, till Paris. And I definitely have um, have goals and dreams of, of standing on the dice still in my, um, in my career. Riley, it's, I mean, it was so good to watch you guys compete over there. But how do you deal with the decompression? Like, you're coming back through quarantine, you put the two weeks in there and then you pretty much get back to, I guess, normal life for you or coast life. What does that look like for you mentally decompressing from such a huge stage and performance, even though, like you said, you may not have gotten the podium finish that you wanted, but for the rest of us, I mean, if I finish sixth in the Olympics, mm. I'd be strutting around my work site, <laughs> yeah. probably I'm, wearing the green yeah. guard. I'm strutting around. Even if I don't make the final, if I make yeah. the Olympic team, I'm uh, strutting around. Riley knows me. I'm strutting around mm -hmm. if I win a Masters medal. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, that's a, it's a really good question, and I, I think um, it was, for me, it was really good to spend that two weeks in quarantine um, to decompress from it all, just to get away from everything, no media, um, just have some time to myself to think with my own thoughts. And sometimes that can be your own worst enemy. But um, I was I was kind of really gifted. I had um, right next door to me um, was Murray Stewart, and we were we were obviously quarantining up at Howard Springs in Darwin, and you're you're allowed to go out in your balcony to chat to one another. And Murray, being the experienced soul he is, I, I managed to you know, pick his brain a fair bit in those two weeks over there. And, you know, one of the things that's always stuck with me is if you're not enough with, without it, you're not enough with it. So that that was in terms of, you know, winning gold medals and stuff at the Olympic Games. So you can't really let it define you. I, I've come to, come to learn. So, um, you know, it, it, it would, would have been nice to get the, the medal over there. But, um, you know, that opportunity for me still... Um, is in the front of my mind and it's still something that I, I feel like is really attainable. Sorry, Riley, we thought we may have lost you just momentarily. It sounds similar to what I've heard Nicola McDermott say where she's said over and over and over that a medal doesn't define who she is. And a lot yeah, of that's got yeah. to do with her, with how spiritual she is. And I know, mate, we'll talk more about the kayaking events, but... That was your highlight when you were over there, was Nicola McDermott soaring on that Saturday night in Tokyo. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, the whole Australian team had so many great results um, and it's, it's even more special to, you know, have a few Central Coast stars in the, in the team and that was one of, um, you know, the key moments after we raced was, was switching on the telly and, and watching Nicola do her thing in the high jump and, boy, she smashed it over there. Uh, Riley, can you stay with us? We're off to a break. Uh, we'd love to continue the conversation in a few moments' time, if that's cool. Uh, you're live from the Gold Coast this morning. Uh, I know you've got a Pilates session coming up soon. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's coming up soon, so just keeping the body in check. Oh, yeah, yeah, dear, good. oh, dear. Uh, I Have you got the leg warmers on as well or what? 
<laughs> the bullet tire is on. Hate the <laughs> Let me tell you, if you haven't seen this guy, he, oh, he's it, Adonis. Yeah, he Seriously, is. Seriously, yeah. That that is the only word that can yeah. describe him. He is an Adonis. Yep. Yeah, and uh, he should be the face of some kind of campaign now that he's back home. We're off to a break. Back in a moment. Saturdays on the coast on SEN. Robson Civil Projects. Robson means subdivisions, retirement villages, road, rail and bridges. That's local infrastructure for 60 years. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Overlooking the 18th green at beautiful Shelley Beach, uh, watching a young golfer here, boy, spending some time over the top of that ball. Now he's assessing... What's in front of him? He's just off the green. Look at him. Oh, he's looked up. He's heard the commentator. Yeah, There's no ad- pressure, mate. No he, pressure at all. He's adjusted the shorts. <laughs> and now he wants quiet on the set. So we'll let him go about his business. But, gee, I hope he drains this from off the green. And here he goes. That looks good. That's close. He's given it a chance. Oh. Yeah, beautiful. Nice pin, work. Pin high. Mm. Uh, the number... 1,342-15-33. That's 1,342-15-33. If the badge's out there. The text line, 0477-736-736. What were your thoughts of Manley's win last night through to a prelim against the South Sydney Rabbitohs tonight the, tonight the derby? The Western Derby. In fact, we're being told the Badger has sent a message through. We'll get to that in a moment. First, let's go back to a two-time Olympian, Riley Fitzsimmons. And Jess, you've got the next question. Yeah, Riley, I've got a little question for you about analysing your performance over there. Now, I know when I watch um, heats and surfing or doing commentary and um, we watch along with other athletes, we watch the heat over and over and over and over again just to pick up maybe the little changes in momentum or those tiny little like um, points in time where you can see it going one way or the, or the other. Have you had a chance already to kind of look over your performance or is it too early, is it too soon? Um, yeah, it, it, I, I don't know. I, you can pull it apart as much as you want, but, um, you know, some, some of those team boat combos, won't, we probably won't ever be paired again together or you never really know, but... Um, you know, being kayaking in a flat water sport, um, we, we get to look through, you know, the whole data um, sort of of our races and stuff. I don't know if, if you've seen ever seen a race, there's a tiny little, looks like a lunchbox on the back of our kayaks and it's a little computer chip in there and it analyses every single, you know, stroke and speed and, and power that's mm. going in. So, you know, after races, we can sit down and pull it apart as much as we want. Um, so, yeah, it, it's quite a data um, sort of press um, sport. So it's, it's really good that we can pull it apart like that. And when you come to pulling it apart, is there certain parts of it that you just go, OK, well, you can see or you felt it? Or is it, you know, or is it just, you know what, again, on the day, yeah, you just go, you know what, we were a bit flat, we were down, we were this, we were that. Like, you, I had a bad night's sleep. You know, you can't predict those sort of things. There's so many factors that come into it. Also, the uh, time of the day you race. Yeah. Like uh, the time zone. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, like, I think it's it's quite a fine balance between, you know, you you could be looking at all the data you want, but if you're just not feeling it um, in the boat, then you're just not feeling it. And it, it can be something as simple as that. So there is a fine balance between, you know, the feel and connection to the water and the, you know, the balance and all that, and then looking through data and, and finding out key points where, you know, we weren't fast enough out of the, the first 200 metres and we didn't put ourselves in the race and that, 
you know, applied all this pressure to us. And, um, you know, yeah, and this, there's certain... We go into races knowing there's a race plan and, you know, if we don't execute the races and, and that we didn't kick where we are meant to kick, then, you know, we can get crucified for that in our, in, for our not executing the race plan, yeah. Yeah, Rolly, uh, Steve, I was saying you're up on the Gold Coast, mate. Got a Pilates class coming up, which is fabulous. Um, that's how you get the Adonis body. So I'm going to join up to the next Pilates class straight away. Um, but, mate, you've changed surf clubs now. You're now joining Northcliffe. Yeah, famous club. Famous, okay, of course. Yeah, I'm all over it. And it's a, it's a huge, yeah. huge decision. Yeah, it, it, it's been massive. I've, I've been with the Voca Surf Life Saving Club since I was... I was four years old. I, I grew up five minutes from the beach there and, and surfed there every weekend. So it was a huge decision to, to move surf clubs. And Northcliffe is, is one of the powerhouses in, um, in the sport. Um, they've dominated, I think, the Aussie title since um, 2004, I think. Um, and they've, they've had some real household names go through their club, like Shannon Eckstein. Um, and it's... it's you know, a real honour that they, they wanted me to come to their club and, and continue their legacy in the sport. And it means that uh, also your beautiful partner, the reigning Australian Ironwoman champion, you'll get to compete alongside and with her. Yeah, it, it'll, be, it'll be really special. She had a stellar um, Australian titles last year. She entered nine events and came away with uh, nine gold medals. So it would be wow. really special to, to team up with her in uh, maybe the mixed double and hopefully she might race 10 events and win 10 gold medals. But uh, the pressure will be on me if we don't win a gold medal, I think. What about, but, what about, um, the, ultimate, yeah. what about the ultimate gene pool right there? Yeah. Okay, seriously. Yeah. So, you, so you, you, she'll have the baby in water. It'll be thrown in water straight away. Like it just. Hey, hey, I'm not even. I'm not even sure they're engaged yet. Okay. I'm, and, I'm, and now look, you're fast forwarded. I'm just thinking if we're talking about the ultimate gene pool, there's one right there. So Riley Fitzsimmons and Georgia Miller, they're they're like Grant and Lisa Kenny. Yep, correct. They're they're the 19. They're the they're the 2021 version of the 1980 version of Lisa and Co. <laughs> Forty years down the track, there it is. Yeah, I mean, have you thought that far ahead, Riley? <laughs> Look, I probably haven't thought that far ahead at the moment. We're we're not talking at the moment because she's a massive Manly supporter. So um, (laughs) she's got some friends friends in high places at Manly, so we might be heading off to Suncorp next weekend. So uh, I think I'll be talking to her again by then. Yeah, in fact, I hosted hosted the Chairman's Club uh, function at at, uh, Brookvale Oval. And Georgia was a keynote speaker one day. And uh, what a fantastic family, firmly entrenched on the northern beaches. Mm. Everyone is so super proud of what she's achieved. And uh, I tell you, as a public speaker, she is virtually without peer. And I'm hoping to get her on the Steve Allen podcast at some stage. But, yeah, congratulations to her on just a remarkable surf season. And like you guys competing in Tokyo, they're really lucky they were able to even do the Aussies this year. Yeah, su- super lucky. And uh, the Aussies is such a massive event. There's so many thousands and thousands of athletes um, that, that, you know, converse onto, onto the beaches for the Aussies. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a massive five days of competition. To, and for her to stay that consistent over the whole five days and um, come away with, you know, her, her dream goal of winning every single event um, was, was huge. Yeah, yeah I, f- I reckon that's it's probably unprecedented. That's ridiculous. It's Mark Spence-like. 
Is that his name? Mark Spitz. That's it. Yeah, yeah, him as well. Uh, now, Riley, I just want to know, mate, going forward, what does 2022 look like for you um, after the Olympics, going, uh, you know, joining a new club, uh, preparing for Paris 2024? What's it look like for you, mate? Look, it's a, it's a lot of self, self-development kind of year for me. Um, you know, I, I was straight out of school into my carpentry apprenticeship and it's been sort of stopped starting ever since um, ever since then. So I'm in my fourth year of my apprenticeship now, so I, I'd really like to complete that. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, if, if I've got time, I'll be dabbling into, into the kayak training and then hopefully a big year with um, the surf club stuff with, uh, with Northcliffe and hopefully we get a, an Aussie titles event. Um, mm. Run and run and done. So um, yeah, it, it, there's still a lot of uncertainty with COVID around, but um, yeah, I think a, a bit of self development this year would be uh, really good for me. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, we need to good rise. Rise is one. Everyone on the set, including our technician Josh Kine, uh, standing ovation for the great Riley Fitzsimmons. Uh, we could talk to him all morning, particularly about his move to Northcliffe and what that means for the Evoca Club. Mm. But we're on our way to the news. Riley, have a fantastic day, mate, and best wishes from all of us. Cheers. Thanks for having us on, guys. Riley Fitzsimmons, two-time Olympian. He'll be a three-time Olympian and a medal winner, I'd say, in Paris. But like he said, he doesn't need it. He's a superstar. Let's go to the news. We're back in a moment with Pat Farmer. Robson Civil Projects. Robson means subdivisions, retirement villages, road, rail and bridges. That's local infrastructure for 60 years. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Back live on this beautiful Saturday morning overlooking the 18th. Steve Allen, Michael Butner, former New South Wales and Australian Rugby League rep and still looks like he could play, actually. And Jess Grimwood, formerly on the Australian surfing team, uh, competing at the world titles, nowadays podcaster, commentator, and doing a lot of... I saw one of your posts doing a lot of work with the AIS. Tell us more. Ah, oh, yes. Steve, you've been doing your research, obviously. <laughs> a, bit of, a bit of social media stalking. Yeah, well... It's called lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty stoked, actually. I got put on the um, Athlete Accelerate program, which is like for anyone who's represented the country in their sport to then, after retirement, be upskilled by the AIS. So they've got this whole team going on at the moment that are training. There's about 16 of us, so it's got... A few Paralympians, a few Olympians, and then this random wayward surfer is me in the mix of it. So, yeah, we're getting trained up, upskilled, uh, like career development style program. Has this been one of the greatest moments or greatest periods of your life in terms of a learning experience? I've been here on this show. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking she's not telling her lecturers anything about us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I said the AIS wanted to have a meeting this morning and I said, I can't. I'm, I've got to go do my third wheel. Are you, are you downskilling again? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just making sure they can do their job properly upskilling me after coming. But no, it's it's been... I've enjoyed more um, learning opportunities since I kind of finished competing than I did competing because I think you're so focused when you're competing having these extra things that pop up on the side they're not in your realm like you just can't take them on at that point because you're so focused on the game or on performing the, yeah, and the performance yeah you know. Well, you're going to love this next interview because joining us once again due to overwhelming demand, a young lady who narrowly missed competing in Tokyo, Talia Blanchard, is back on the show. And, uh, Jess, I'll let you take it away because you've been doing so much work with Paralympic uh, athletes. Oh, yeah. Talia, good morning. Good morning. 
<laughs> it's so good to have you back. We've really enjoyed having you on, and I hope we see you sitting in the seats alongside us one day soon. That would be lovely. But let's get straight to it. I was speaking to. Oh, I had the the pleasure of speaking to um, Emily Petricola and AJ Jennings, who's still in quarantine at the moment. And now they were talking about still training. They're still absolutely going so hard in quarantine training, even after the Paralympics. Is give us a little bit of insight into that. Is that something that? happens coming back from the games. I mean, we spoke to Riley Fitzsimmons about it too. Like, surely there's a bit of downtime once you come back, Talia. Yeah, um, there's a bit of a combination of approaches. Some people might choose to take a bit of time to relax in quarantine and straight after the games, but next year is going to be a massive year, especially in swimming with both Commonwealth Games and the World Championships happening in the same year. So a lot of people have decided that they don't really want to take that break this time and they just want to keep going training and setting their sights on qualifying for those events. Hey, Talia, we want to ask you more questions about that. (laughs) Talia, just here at the golf course, we're overlooking the 18th. I've never seen anything like that. That We've we've got to hand that guy a map and a compass. (laughs) That was the worst part I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Talia, he was... He would be at least 30 degrees away from where the flag was. It was that bad. But anyway. No, I, Tully... I've, I've had putts like that before. It, it looked like he was putting down to the, uh, the ninth. Oh, it was atrocious. Anyway. Uh, but Tully... he'll nail this. He'll nail this. Yeah. For a fifth putt. Well done. No, no, he's missed it again. Jeez. It's a tough day for him. All right. Don't tough look. Day. Don't make don't eye look. contact. No, 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 no. Um, Talia, you, you talk about the athletes and how they have you know some will train some won't where are you positioned right now what what does that mean for you having just missed out on that uh, paralympics uh in tokyo sorry yeah tokyo what does it mean for you now um where are you at in terms of commonwealth games and world championships yeah so my main focus for next year will be the world championships Uh, I am training at the moment, but it is definitely a very different form of training being in lockdown here, so can't really access the pools. So my training is almost similar to what they would be doing in quarantine as it's a bit difficult to leave home much, but luckily I still have access to people like my physios to assist with my training, but... It's definitely a lot of at-home and dry land at the moment. Hey, Talia, after Tokyo, you've identified some athletes that you think we should really keep an eye on moving forward. Uh, Who are some of those athletes that we can maybe keep an eye on between now and uh, the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham? Yeah, there's a lot of upcoming swimmers. It was great to see so many debutants. So there's definitely a lot of people who are to look out for. And there's even more if you include the amount that was so close to qualifying and just missed out. But a few of the main ones that I think are definitely want to keep your eyes and ears out for would be Ashley Van Ryswick, who is from rural New South Wales and her main event is the 100 metre breaststroke and she was incredible uh, absolutely pushed her hardest in that final in Tokyo and I believe there are some massive things to come from her 
on top of that, you've got Kira Stevens, who is also a breaststroker, but in a different classification. And as we know, she medalled in Tokyo. And I think there's only a even brighter future in line for her. And with the boys, we've got Alex Tuckfield, who I mentioned on my very first time meeting with you guys on the call after he got the bronze in the 400 freestyle. And I can only see improvements from him to be only 16 and swimming so strongly. But in that exact same event, you had Will Martin and he just seemed to come out of nowhere to take that gold. So I think if you need to look out for anyone, those four names are definitely going to be four future stars for our country. Hey, you know what we have to do? We just have to grab that snippet of audio and pass that on to every media outlet in the country. And I think Talia Blanchard's found where she's going to head in the future. She's already studying uh, at, um, at Sydney Olympic Park. So studying uh, PE, is that correct, Talia? And your future lies in sports commentary. That was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Hey, thank you so much again for joining us. Standing O yep. for Talia Blanchard, brilliant swimmer, trains locally with uh, Graham Carroll and uh, definitely aiming for Paris in 2024. Great job, Talia. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Yeah, it's our pleasure. And uh, have a look who's rocked up. Wow. Uh, just an absolute superstar. Uh, one of my all-time heroes. Remember the last time we saw him was at Mitre 10. He looks like he's been out on the tools again today. Hey, he loves I spend out all my weekends at Mitre 10, mate. Hey, is that right? Yeah, ultra-marathon legend Pat Farmer. Good morning, mate. And uh, so we're a couple of days away from KO screening 1,000 miles to light. Yeah, fantastic. So anybody that wants to see what we actually did in, uh, in Singleton Army Barracks, running 1,000 miles against the Americans and kicking their butt, <laughs> uh, um, all they have to do is go to KO Freebies and they can sign, uh, sign up for free. They don't need a credit card. Just sign up and they can watch the show for free. It's fantastic and a, gr a great opportunity a great opportunity for them to see what's involved with the 1,000 miles to light run. Hey, Pat, I, I put the headphones on you uh, just because uh, we've got a special message that's about to come <laughs> oh, no, in. Tell me it's, it's not it's, another it's song. A, it's about to come <laughs> in especially for you. I think we've got the satellite set up. I think the U.S. president is, is on the line and he's got this message for you. I want to thank uh, that fellow down under. Thank you very much, Pat. <laughs> Yeah, whatever, whatever his name is, whatever his name is. Ah, uh. uh, that's gold. Yeah. That's gold. It's not every day that the American president thanks you personally. But you know what? You know what, mate? How many times have you been overseas and somebody has said, "Oh, you're from Australia. You must know such and such. You must know Johnny Smith." Yeah, yeah. And I go, "Yeah, of course. Yeah, there's only like 25 million of us, but yeah, I know that guy." Hey, uh, how is your body after you know punching out 1,000 miles to light? Well, Steve, it was never good to start with. To be honest. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, I'm not getting any younger, but, um, you know, it, uh, I actually got stronger as the race went on, and it, it just goes to show me that I'm really suited to ultramarathons, uh, you know, especially the, the multi-day race. <laughs> suited to ultramarathons. What That's an ridiculous. understatement that is. He's <laughs> arguably the greatest runner of all time. Uh, so across that, you're in teams of four, was that correct? Yeah, There's four right. of you. So yeah. you, you've done 250 miles yourself. 
um, and it's a four-kilometre split. And so you're actually going really hard, or four kilom- uh, five-kilometre intervals. Yeah, yeah. So, so the idea of this particular type of run is to go as fast as you possibly can, knock out the 5Ks as fast as you can, put your team in the best possible position, then try and recover. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's all about the recovery. So, you know, uh, the thing about ultra-athletes is they have a very fast recovery time mm. and they're able to back up day after day after day. So that's what makes a big difference. So on that, what was your best time for the 5K? What was your worst time for the 5K? And how consistent were you over those 20 or whatever it was, 50 runs that you had to do? It's a tough question, though, because of the terrain. Uh, yeah, well, look, different circumstances, yeah. Yeah, they were. Yeah, each day was a different course, yep. and uh, some were hilly, some were, yeah, yeah, some were not so much. Some were on bitumen, and some were on grass, and some were on, uh, uh, of course, trails. But look, at the end of the day, I I'm very consistent with my timing, so I don't go out as hard and fast as say Justin McDonald from South Australia, one one of our other top runners. Yep. He he was consistently around three and a half oh. minute to to four minute k's, oh, uh, and uh, you know he he's just lightning, absolute lightning. I was closer, you know, I'm close around consistently five minute k's all the yep. way through. But you're the tortoise, he's the hare. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. and 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 the the strategy was that if something went wrong. I was I was continuously doing the maths on the whole on the whole event. So if something went wrong, and say for instance he got injured, or Deidre Hopkins got injured, uh, our other female runner, or Greta Truscott got injured, then the three runners would have to make up the distance mm. each day. So we still have to do 160 kilometres for the day. So I was continuously doing the maths all the way through, and I came down to with two days to go, and I said, look, it doesn't matter if the three of you guys get injured and you pull out. I can. I know. I can finish this. I know. I can get this done. And I and, 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 I, and I know that we can. We can still win with the lead that we've got. Hey, yeah. can I just clarify? Did Did you call the legendary Pat Farmer a tortoise? Well, I mean, what, are you, what are you thinking this morning? There's a lot of good tortoises out there. There is. There I can't is name any off the top of my head, hey, but there's a lot of good tortoises. What about out there. Uh, What about just spending some time in competition with the great American uh, Dean Carnesi's? Uh, Dean was fantastic. You know, at the end of the day, uh, Dean's got a new. Of course, he's got a new book out. And by the way, I brought in. Uh, I brought ten books for you guys to give away. To oh, your fantastic! Yeah, exactly. Which will be signed. How's so good? So give them away during the course of the day, and uh, <laughs> just remind people to go to KO to see the. To see, mm. to see the film. Uh, but Dean, Pat, Pat Dean was wrong, was though. We've got, we got seven books. Yes, we've got seven uh, books. Uh, yeah, sorry, so. six books. <laughs> we've got six books to give away on the air. But, um, uh, yeah, look, Dean's, Dean's uh, you know, he's an ultra athlete. He's been around for a long time. He's the same age as me. Uh, he was fantastic. He got stronger as the event went on, which just went to show me that the quarantining that he went through really play, played a price, and you'll see that in the film. The two-week quarantining that he had to do in the hotel uh, hotel lockdown with very limited opportunity to train in there um, really made a huge difference. And he smashed the minibar. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I'm sure. He... Mate, where do, you, where do you see this um, event going to? Do you want to see other teams competing? Is that the ultimate goal? My, my, my goal is to build this into the biggest ultra in the Southern Hemisphere. Yep. And the, the way around that will be that we will do a, a state qualifier. So there'll be a qualifier during the course of the end of this year and, and early next year uh, in each of the states to find the best runner in each of those states. The first one's going to be in South Australia mm-hmm. and it will continue on through each state and territory. And then they'll go head to head. And I'm just looking at the golf course here at Shelley Beach. I'm just Think of what a great, oh. what a great venue around the edges of this yep. for 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 doing for taking 
all of the states, the best of the states, go head to head and take on uh, the or take on the best in the world. So, what we will do is we'll define the best Australian team uh, by them going head to head, and we'll and then we'll take on the world. So, ten other teams from around the world Beautiful. will be competing next year. Hey, uh, Pat, can you stay for a few more minutes this morning? Yeah, you bet. Yeah, fantastic. The great Pat Farmer, AM, joining us. Uh, wow, 1,000 miles to light. You'll see it on KO Mate, in the, the next tortoise, few days. Mate, the tortoise is in no rush, mate. He's happy just to take his time. It's okay. <laughs> well, I'm picking up some tips on how to play golf. I'm watching these guys out the front here, you, and they're doing all right. You deserve to be red carded for calling one <laughs> but of them. Ultimately, you know who won the race? Was it the tortoise or the head? <laughs> <laughs> the tortoise won. We're off to uh, we're off to a break. <laughs> this is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil Projects. Robson means subdivisions, retirement villages, road, rail, and bridges. That's local infrastructure for sixty years. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back. We're overlooking the beautiful 18th at this stunning golf course, Shelley Beach. A little cloudy today. There's an offshore breeze. And Jess, are we heading for a secret surf location once we get off the air? It, it'd have to be super secret to find somewhere good today, I think, Steve. Hey, <laughs> I'll the, do my research. The uh, catch-up podcast, uh, simply go to the SEN app and download Saturdays on the Coast. And a couple of great guests this morning. Tony Clark kicked us off. Then we had... Uh, we had Riley Fitzsimmons, mm-hmm. two-time Olympian, and Talia Blanchard, who's aiming for the Paralympics in 2024, and Pat Farmer. A.K.A. <clears throat> Bring him back. Get him back on the mic. A.K.A. the tortoise. 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 <laughs> tortoise. A.K.A. the tortoise. What is happening with you this morning? Hey, uh, by the way, the, uh, the text line, <clears throat> 1300 42 15 33 is the open line number. Text line is 0477. 736-736. We have got six copies. Talk us through this, Michael Butner. Oh, my goodness. Pole to pole, one man, 20 million steps. Pat Farmer, 2012, you decide to run <laughs> from pole to pole, 10 months, approximately 80 kilometres a day for 10 months. Are you Okay. Well, well, <laughs> clearly, clearly, I wasn't at the time, but I'm, I've been on rehab ever since. Yeah, I bet you have, <laughs> mate. That is monumental. It is absolutely yeah. lunacy. Mo- but most guys, when they go through some kind of crisis, you know, they'll go and buy the <laughs> Mustang or the yeah. Harley or something. <laughs> Pat, Pat, Pat buys a pair of hawkers. Oh, mate. Uh, hey, hey, no, let me tell you the background to all of that. So I had been in Parliament. Of course, I was a federal member for Macarthur between the years uh, uh, 2001 and 2010. So I was getting out of Parliament and I wanted to get as far away from Canberra <laughs> as I possibly could, so I went to the North Pole. Oh, clearly. Well, I tell did. you, I don't blame you. After <laughs> Did we all watch the uh, Julia Gillard special on uh, SBS? Wow, what a fantastic documentary that was. Hey, Pat Farmer's documentary coming out on KO. Yep. Now, we've seen K- a... KO t- freebies, freebies. Oh, it's free. brilliant. Yeah, right. Which means I'm cheap, I suppose. Do not miss the opportunity. <laughs> so we've got pole to pole here. So this is your book about that incredible achievement. But what what do you believe is your greatest ever ultramarathon? Well, to be honest with you, getting to the starting line of this last race, 1,000 miles to light, was the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. It was much harder than trying to get to... Uh, the North Pole, the South Pole, or everything else in between. Uh, just under COVID, the rules or restrictions, uh, 
this run got cancelled so many times, uh, so many times, and yet we're still able to make it happen. And I think that's a, a shining light for everybody to realise if they're really determined enough to make something happen, they want to inspire other people, they want to raise funds for worthwhile causes, as we did with uh, as we did with the Reach Our Foundation, Youth Mental Health. They can do it. Pat, you've pushed for the ultra marathon concept idea to be introduced into the Olympics and your race here that you're doing the 1,000 miles could well become a prototype for something that we can see in Brisbane in 2032. Oh, I'd, I'd love it. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd really love it. Well, so, well, Because it's such an individual pursuit. So to see a team event like that, oh, I think people would really embrace it. And could you imagine teams from all over the world showcasing outback Queensland so, that, so we're going from some way out destination in Queensland, which, you know, I've run through the whole lot, even Cape York Peninsula, mm. and they make it down to the Olympic Village there uh, eventually for the start of the event. And all the way through, we're showcasing what, Queensland has to offer. What a great thing for Queensland Tourism and Tourism Australia. Yeah, and let's not forget too that sometimes, like at the World Cross Country, you'll have in the top 20, like, Pat, correct me if I'm wrong, but you'll have 14 or 15 canyons in the top 20. Imagine if they could run in a relay style like this in ultramarathon. Yeah, true. Although the, the Kenyans aren't they great once you get up to the bigger distances. The mm. Russians come into their own. A lot of those people from some of those northern nations are tough as nails. And so, you know, it would be incredibly interesting to see who would win an event like you, that. You could see the concept that it becomes the first event that starts the Olympics and it's the last event that finishes. And throughout the whole uh, campaign, the 14 days or 15 days of the Olympics, that it's this ultramarathon, and, and you're just <coughs> keeping a tally and well, monitoring and, and it. You know, don't forget, too, that Pat, uh, during his run, they were passing the Indigenous baton. Bat Ima yeah. Imagine every country had something that signified... Like, where... I'll tell you, oh. we're on, we're on you something guys, here. You, you guys are genius. <laughs> we're, we're just building this as we go. Mate, we're not here for our looks, I can assure you. I can assure you. Jess is, but we're not here for our looks. Uh, yeah, yeah, fantastic stuff. Hey, uh, by the way, if you want a copy of Pole to Pole, just text in now. We'll get Adam to take mm. care of all this back at headquarters. So the first six people that sent a text. That'll be signed by Pat Farmer. 0477-736-736. 0477-736-736. You just have to open your text with boys and Jess. We love, love the, the show. show. If you do that, the book is yours. First six people. 0477-736-736. So what happens for the rest of the year? Okay, so the rest of the year I'm busy organising all these qualifying events that will happen in each of the states. So... Uh, we'll pick the best of the best, like I said, to go head-to-head -head against the top 10 best teams from around the world to compete in this race next August. So, yeah, I'm, bu I'm busy with that already. We're already organising the sponsorship and pulling the event together. I was going to say, in terms of sponsorship, how important is that and how significant and how hard is it during these times? Look, it's... Uh, <laughs> There was just nothing, nothing mm. happening in, in these times. And so to be able to make this happen, to be able to pull a, pull a rabbit out of a hat instead of a turtle mm. out of the yeah, backyard. Yes. yes, out of your shell. <laughs> yes. To be able to do that was, uh, yeah, was really something special. But it just goes to show you there is a, a need for content on, uh, on these programs. So, and, and like I said, KO are the number one for sport. For sports program so to be able to get onto there and to be able to have those guys on board and to be able to do something mm. with them on into the future as well it's great uh, apart from what you've done this year what do you think the sporting achievement of 2021 has been oh, and, and i ask you that i ask you that because i know you sit on the board 
like high-level boards in Australia. Uh, so what are you watching? What, what have you seen that's inspired you this year? Look, I'm always inspired by the Paralympics. I'm, you know, I just think every day is a gold medal performance for every single one of those athletes just getting out of bed and getting on with their lives every single day. And then to train at the, the way that they train. I had a, you know, had a very good friend of mine many years ago who was training for the Olympics for the swimming. And she would tell me how she would get to the end of the pool. She was blind. So she would swim to the end of the pool and they had to stick with a tennis ball at the end of it to belt her on the head to yeah. let and know that it was time to do the, the turnaround so that she didn't bump into the end of the pool. And I just think that sort of dedication, you know, getting out there. And uh, uh, the incredible thing about that was uh, Desiree said to me at the time, she said to me, I would just love to be able to see for five minutes just so I could punch that guy in the nose who keeps hitting me on the head with a tennis ball. Hey, uh, <laughs> last, uh, I like it. I like La it. Last question for you. When Riley Fitzsimmons was on, he quoted Murray Stewart, who won Olympic gold in the kayaking. And Murray Stewart had a quote or a mantra that was, was if you're not enough with it, talking about a gold medal, if you're not enough with it, you're not enough without it. So it's talking about the character of a person. Is there a, is there a mantra that you live by? Yeah, and that is, well, yeah, it's quite simply, if you want to do anything with all your heart, you can and you will find a way. And if you don't truly want to do it, you'll simply find an excuse. Mm -hmm. Very true, mate. There's plenty of excuses and reasons why you can come up with as to why you don't do something. Hey, and on that note, Standing ovation for uh, the great Pat Farmer. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you, Tony. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. I can see a couple of people are texting through to win this book, so 0477 736 I do notice one of them. One of them has to be the Badger, well, surely. No, well, one of them just simply says, awesome to have Jess back. Oh, wow. Well done. Uh, let's have, was that Jess's? <laughs> let's have a look at this mobile number and try and ascertain. Yeah, I think there might be a little bit of sneakiness that, that going on there. That might be Mrs. Grimwood. <laughs> Uh, good morning to her as, as we go off to the news. Uh, coming up soon, we'll talk some uh, EPL. Ronaldo came back oh, last back. weekend. and uh, we'll talk about Formula One with Luke King. Yeah, Ooh, what, a, yeah. What, a, what a superstar Ronaldo. Of scoring, course he is. Scoring a brace for Manchester United up against Newcastle. Mm. We'll play some of that audio. And as you said, uh, how good to see Daniel Ricciardo back. That race was full of massive moments, including a shoey. On oh, the podium, yes. <laughs> the shoey is Has back. brewed it back three years later. <laughs> this is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Subdivisions, retirement villages, road, rail and bridges. That's local infrastructure for 60 years. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. And we're coming to you live from Shelley Beach Golf Course overlooking the 18th. We absolutely love it here. We can't thank them enough. I'll tell you who else we have to thank this morning, as well as Robson Civil Projects. Grant Robson, Greg Ferguson, Daniel Bosley. I tell you, Daniel Bosley's a great golfer. Mm. Have you ever... Like, no. if he was out here, he would challenge Jordan Garner as one of the best players out here. Yeah, OK. He's, he's a little pocket rocket too. Low in stature. But he can absolutely tonk it. Smoke it. <clears throat> Daniel Bosley. Uh, but we want to thank BJ House. Yes. BJ House, their spring catalogue is out now. Now, I was studying this the other day, and uh, I'd be really keen to grab myself a new power drill. You love the power drill, don't you? Well, well, what are you going to do with it? I've never really had a good one. I mean, I've, I've had the corded power drill. All right. But I like the cordless. And I'm not even sure what I'm going to drill. <laughs> but I'm sure I can find something... 
around the Allen household? Wow. Well, I'm sure there is, mate. And look, Matt, if honest, you stand still, I'll drill you. We've <laughs> we've spoken about my ability. <laughs> In fact, we should ask Pat what would he get at BJ House Metal Land because he actually goes to like. What do they call them? Hardware. He actually go to hardware stores. Yeah. I don't even know what they're called. I, I, I need a jigsaw. I need a jigsaw. You know the sort of things you can do with a jigsaw. jigsaw you can you build know. a table. You can build. You can build a house. You can do anything with you, a jigsaw. You know my idea of a jigsaw. It's a puzzle. It's yeah, got 100 pieces. Yeah. You put it together. That's and a jigsaw. Yeah, that's <laughs> why you're having trouble with the drill. <laughs> but, but BJ House is a business we've been associated oh. with for about 20 years. I think we used to do OBs there with our former radio show. And mm. there used to be a couple of shacks at Lizaro right near the train station. Now they've, they've gone through a metamorphosis. They have grown. Into one of the world's best businesses. Mm. Uh, and they haven't just got BJ House at Lizaro. They've, they've, kind of, they've gone nationwide now. I think Swerve and Mervyn Hughes is one of their ambassadors. Is that right? There you go. So great to have Steve Dawson and the mm. team on board in 2021. Jess. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, you, you know what? Jess would know what to do with a power <laughs> well, drill and a jigsaw. I tell you, I tell you what? where the problem is, Buttes. If you don't know how to use a jigsaw, it's because you have too many Pilates sessions. No, probably, yes. <laughs> yeah. And too much cheering tea or something, <laughs> cheering latte or something. Hey, uh, <laughs> just before we go live to Adam Kwasnick to talk some uh, English Premier League, let's roll in what unfolded last weekend. I was watching warm-ups. And it was a packed house mm. for the return of Cristiano Ronaldo to the English Premier League. Here's what he did for Man U. And again, Nemanja Matic. Here's Paul Pogba. It's kind of now or never in this half. Greenwoods. Greenwoods went for goal. Goalkeeper's missed it. We've been waiting 12 years for this. So drink it in. Classic counter-attack, and Newcastle have not read the script. Short. He's gone 40 yards, he finds Ronaldo. Ronaldo! Ronaldo reclaims his stage. He's done it again. In front of the adoring Stratford end. United 2, Newcastle 1. Yeah, fantastic. What about that? I've been loving the EPL since it came back on. Maybe because of the fact that we've got packed houses watching a sport, Jess? Yeah. Oh, I've, I had the pleasure of going to one of the games over this is years ago and I went and saw Chelsea versus Reading and I tell you, it is the most electric, incredible atmosphere I've ever been in in a sports arena. I, across anything, you know, I've seen, you know, you 2 or Red Hot Chili Peppers play and that game was Unbelievable. It makes the hair stand off of my arms. A friend of ours who uh, is uh, used to work at the National Rugby League, Elise Kakamo, who uh, oh, yes. her partner is Greg Inglis, they're at the Liverpool game this week. Mm. Uh, I think they took on AC Milan, and uh, she said greatest atmosphere in sport she's ever encountered. Let's go to Adam Kwasnick. Kwas, uh, have you been watching the EPL, and what were your thoughts of Ronaldo's return last weekend? Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, yeah, great to see the EPL... Uh, back in full swing, especially with crowds uh, regarding Ronaldo. Like, what a return 12 years after leaving Manchester United for Real Madrid. Uh, it was a super super uh, performance with two goals. Um, you know, he, he was he was heavily involved at times, but he was just so effective throughout. And, you know, he played 90 minutes for a 36-year-old at the highest level. You know, he's still got plenty to offer, and um, it's going to be dangerous times for opposing teams.
It's amazing, Quaz, when you think about he's 36 years of age. He's probably, look, I, I don't know whether he's as good as he was. He's certainly not far off where he was in terms of how good he is. But the thing about it is, mate, he's just been able to maintain this level of performance for such a long period of time. And you know what? He'll still this year probably be in the running for the Boulogne d'Or at some stage, which is just phenomenal. A, a, a player of his age and, the, you know, the time that he's been around. You'd have to imagine as well, Buttes, with that, that the amount of work that goes, you know, goes on behind the scenes, you know, in regards to maintaining his body and his, his aerobic <laughs> capacity, his speed. You know, there's, you know, there's an element of team training and he gets his fitness there, but, you know, he's one to really, really look after his body and, um, you know, he hasn't had many injuries over his career. He's really looked after his body and he's, he's still producing world-class performances. Um, I've heard, and I've heard when, they, when, they comp- when they compare Messi and Ronaldo, um, I've heard some experts say that Messi was given God-given talents uh, yeah. and that it's just, you know, phenomenal what he's got the ability to do. Uh, Ronaldo wasn't given those God-given talents, but he has worked so hard, and it's obviously reflected now in terms of his performances that he's still able to maintain that high level, what he's able to do. Yeah, no doubt. You know, it, it pays, that hard work pays off, and uh, Ronaldo's a classic example of that. He started with nothing, and now look at him now, 36 years old, still very much so on top of his game and, and plenty still to offer. Hey, hey, Quaz, I was incorrect. It was uh, Liverpool versus Milan uh, earlier this week in the Champions League. 3-2 the result. And you've got Liverpool sitting in third place. They'll take on Crystal Palace later on tonight. The, the early game, by the way, is, is I think there's an early game at about 9.30, but then Liverpool are in action at midnight tonight. Yeah, look, you, you look at the teams um, that have, uh, you know, really bought heavily and um, have had a bit of success from last year. They're obviously playing Champions League. You've got Man City, Man United, Chelsea and Liverpool. Those four teams, for me, will not only fight it out for the title in England, but I think they'll fight it out for the title of being mm. European champions. Uh, they're, they're, they're doing remarkably well. Um, some big games coming up. Obviously, Man United lost during the week in the Champions League, but they've got a big game coming up this weekend. Um, but I think you know the cream will rise to the top and those four teams are going to be right there or thereabouts. Getting away from the EPL and discussing the World Cup qualifiers, the Aussies have had a great start. Two wins, uh, their most recent one, most recent one against Vietnam, one nil. Uh, they're looking well. Graham Arnold has got the side that he's after, and uh, their next game is up against Oman. I think it's here in uh, Australia at uh, Bankwest Stadium. Yeah, they've been super impressive. Buttes, you know, ten wins in a row, all World mm. Cup qualifiers. And, you know, that's an amazing feat itself. Um, people underestimate how difficult it is to qualify uh, through Asia. And I think Graham Arnold, with the players that he currently has, uh, he's doing remarkably well to get them together in a short amount of time and produce results. I won't say performances, but he's getting results. uh, And that's all that matters at this point in time. Hey, Quaz, uh, can you join us again next week? We'll talk some more EPL because the amount of people that have messaged me this week about how much they're loving the EPL in 2021, not sure what... What, I mean, people love the EPL anyway. Yeah. But maybe the fact that Ronaldo's uh, returned to the league and maybe the fact that we're seeing packed stadiums is something that we're all embracing at the moment. Thank you, mate. Best wishes to you and the family, and we'll talk soon. No problem, Steve. Take care, guys. 
Adam Klosnick joining us, Mariners legend. It also gives me a week to do my research now. Yeah, like no. I'm sure that you're talking to Jeremy Markham and uh, Craig Hutchison at SEN, talking to the hierarchy. It must be contract time because <laughs> for the first time in your career, You've shown up with a with an iPad. You, you have noted that it hasn't been turned on at any stage. That's just there for sure. The battery's flat. <laughs> We're off to a break. We'll talk some uh, Formula One in a moment. Daniel Ricciardo, the winner last weekend. What a win it was, too, in a drama-charged race in Italy. Uh, oh, this is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil Projects. Robson means subdivisions, retirement villages, road, rail and bridges. That's local infrastructure for 60 years. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Back live at Shelley Beach Golf Course. You know, Buttes, uh, the view here is normally just gorgeous, but mm. there's something about it now. It, it is even it's better. It's gone than, up even better. It's yeah. a stunning outlook uh, directly in front of us, uh, yeah, looking yeah. towards the ocean. Yeah, correct. That's Tian. There she is. There. She's just sitting there. <laughs> I don't know. I'm speechless. I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, I think Jess, <laughs> Jess might be speechless too. Yeah, oh, it is a beautiful view. And we're very happy to have her on deck this morning. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear her take on a lot of the sports too, maybe one week. Hey, uh, let's go back to the studio because uh, Adam Staples, a.k.a. The Stapler, uh, has uh, got a couple of messages to read out on 0477 736 736. Thanks to everyone who's texted in. And what have we got back there? Uh, well, we had the badge earlier. What did he have to say? Yeah, so... This, uh, this one was in the first hour, but good morning, Velvet, Michael, and Jess Badger update. 131 kilometres down. Looking forward to Buttes kicking the can live in a couple of weeks' time. Love the Badger. Yeah, are you, you going yeah, to yeah, kick no, the I'll can? Yeah, I'll kick the can. He's, 70, he's got 69 kilometres to go. Once he gets to 200, I will kid, put my hand in my pocket, and I guarantee you that. You, you better keep your word, because you're like George Costanza. No, no, no. Uh, you know what? I will give him 10 cents for every kilometre that he does. Drag out the mothballs. What's that work? Come on, $20. mate. $20. No, I'll be, I'll be generous. I'll be generous. And, uh, Adam, a couple of messages there uh, for the Pat Farmer book, Pole to Pole, One Man, 20 Million Steps. By the way, uh, we've got a couple left too. 0477 736 736. Simply text in if you want a copy. But who's got one so far? So we've got Phil from your minor. Love Pat Farmer. Inspiration. So um, thank you for that, Phil. And love... Love the show, Steve O'Butes and Jess. Patrols start this weekend. Steve O, see you next Saturday, Blowy. <laughs> blowy. <laughs> hey, what about that? Well, in my history at North Entrance Surf Club, yeah. I've never, in the two decades that I've been there, I've never completed 100% patrols. <laughs> now I've. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, with, this, with the pandemic, there's no excuse. Yep. Steve-O's normally got a busy schedule. Until there is. <laughs> hey, let's go live. Lightning Luke King's been waiting on the line patiently. Uh, man, what a win. We sent copious amounts of messages last Sunday night with Daniel Ricciardo in action at Monza and his first win since 2018. Yeah, hey, Jess, Stephen Butte. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. I was uh, I was surprised that you were up so late, Steve-O, but, uh, but like you say, be un-Australian to, uh, to walk away from that race. That was, um, yeah, I couldn't tear myself away from the TV. And the best part about it was that Danny Rick actually had the pace. He controlled the race from start to finish, basically. And it was a legitimate win. He, he didn't get lucky. He, uh, you know, he made his way up there in the qualifying race on Saturday. We were, you know, this time last week, we were talking about how disappointed he was to, to qualify fifth for the start mm. of the weekend. And, you know, to, to end it with a... a 
you'd almost call it a dominant win um, after Hamilton and Vettel sort of went out. Uh, it was just absolutely brilliant to see. And I think uh, I think ScoMo should have given us all the day off the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I reckon Steve used that as an excuse to not do patrols too, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Staying up all night. But <laughs> Lightning, um, I mean, I have to confess, I wasn't super into the racing before Formula One's Drive to Survive, but since then I'm so invested in Ricardo's career and the rivalries between. Have you seen this like massive boost in the, I guess, the enthusiasm around the sport since that series came out? Mecca, they they were actually talking at the uh, Italian Grand Prix last weekend, saying how it's brought a lot of younger fans in, into the sport. Um, and we're actually Liz and I rewatching all the drives to survive from last year as well, just trying to like catch up on things again and get our F1 fix. So it, it's awesome because it's all the behind-the-scenes stuff that, that you want to see. It's all all the drama that we know goes on that we don't usually have access to. Um, and, yeah, like, I mean, I found myself on Monday morning, all I wanted to do was be on Danny's Instagram and see what it's like to be an F1 driver winning in Italy. You know what I mean? Stalker, like, where do they go stalker. to dinner? Like, what... <laughs> What are they? What are they doing? Like, what does that feel like right now? You know, it must be such a such a buzz to, to win. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a phenomenal drive. No, it must and, be amazing drinking and, champagne out of your own shoe. That'd yeah. be phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> a, a couple of boys in the race with a DNF beside their name. And yes, uh, I was going to yeah. say, do you know. You know, you spoke last week about the safety of the cars, Luke, and you also spoke about the halo. And you know, yeah, ten or fifteen or twenty years ago, we would have been talking about a, a racing tragedy when that happened is that correct yeah look i mean yeah it's pure speculation as to what would have happened if if the halo wasn't there to protect hamilton um you know like it wouldn't have taken much to compress his vertebrae at at that point um Mm. i don't know how badly it kind of copped him like it obviously did get him on the head um so yeah i mean uh, a, a one-ton car, you know, rolling across your head when you're sitting in that sort of position and you, your bum can't go anywhere, it would have yeah. definitely compressed his spine. So, yeah, who knows what would have happened. But, yeah, that, that incident was like I woke Liz up because <laughs> I was screaming at the TV. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. So, what, it was, so yeah, Luke, what was happened, unbelievable. Luke, Luke, what happens there, right? So, you know, I, I saw the incident. I'm going, there's, is there... A, are there any penalties in place for people that are erratic in terms of, like, not only penalties uh, on the day, but also in terms of championship points, getting those deducted? Is there anything like that? Because it just appears yep. at times that they're so rogue that there's no consequences for their actions. And for the record, Butes, you're blaming Verstappen, oh, but, I, I, but I'm blaming Hamilton. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about it's it. It's like the episode of Seinfeld, yes. where someone tries yeah. to go in nose first and someone reverses. Reverse, yeah. Who goes, who's got the right away? <laughs> But, but are there consequences um, there, mate? Obviously, financial penalty isn't going to hurt these guys because yeah. they're making squillions anyway. Yeah, so the, the officials did actually put most of the blame onto Max, and he's taken a three-place <laughs> grid penalty for the next Grand Prix at Russia. Gotcha. But I, to, to throw my two cents in, I am kind of on the side that, you know, Hamilton should have left racing room for, for Max. Because that is what Hamilton wanted Max to do in the the opening lap at Turn Four. So, it, what what this goes back to, and here's some homework for you, Buttes. Look up yes. Hamil, uh, sorry, Verstappen versus Leclerc in 2019 in Austria, yep. and on the, the second last lap, uh, Verstappen leaves Leclerc's space. They're fighting for the victory of the Grand Prix, 
and they both run side by side down the back straight and have this brilliant battle. The next lap, Verstappen tries to pass him again and just completely pushes him off the circuit. And the officials mm. let Max get away with that. And from there, that has, you know, there's been multiple incidents since that point. And I think that has been the turning point in the driving standards and why we're now seeing these incidents go on. Hey, yeah, I don't know whether you've seen Days of Thunder, mate, but Robin's racing. Yeah, we're yeah, maybe, Robin, not, yeah. maybe not in the Formula <laughs> One. Hey, uh, we're getting the wind-up now from our producer. We're about 45 seconds away. There's great news for Luke with the TCR series. We'll, we'll cover that next week yeah, we've when, got to get him when back we get on. Luke back on. Yeah. I'll tell you what I didn't like in that race. Lando Norris, who ended up finishing second, so McLaren went one, one and two. two. But I didn't like him on the radio questioning whether he was allowed to pass the Aussie, who led from start to finish. Stay back he, there he in second. Tried, mate. Uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, I know they've got a race, but it was more important for their team to finish one, two. Yeah. And he was also Absolutely. holding a few drivers at bay, so I think he played his role. We've got to jump off. Thanks to everyone. Thanks to the entire team. We'll catch you next Saturday. Saturdays on the coast on SEN.